if you're like me, you want to get your business ahead, but there's certain skills you need, but you just don't have. If this sounds like you, then you need to head over to Fiverr. They have a whole array of professionals that can help you in different areas from design to writing, marketing, and more. They have you covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers. They go ahead and um, I hire this guy to help me upload the each episode and in the beginning in order for me to be all over the place it was I was totally going to Fiverr it was I seriously just it's I've gotten so much for my business through them so please use my link which you can find in the description of this episode or you can go to marcellaalonzo.com and book there through Fiverr today you'll be glad you did yeah, we had some good stuff oh Hello and welcome to Sunday Fun Day. Today I have my first Dominican comic, Gio Perez. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on Sunday Fun Day. And I love the background here. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I was like, leave actually, it on. Yeah, I was doing a sketch. Um, my boy, uh, me and my my uh, co-host and also my co-producer for my show at the stand. Uh, we made a sketch of like a scared straight program, but over mm-hmm. zoom. So like we all played inmates. I had like a do-rag on, no shirt, long John pants, just like <laughs> toothbrush hanging out. And then I just, when I came on, I completely forgot I had it on. I had worse things than this that I've went on before. And like I did a zoom show during the pandemic and like joking around, I think uh, I had, I think it was like a Nazi army behind me. I and I was just like, yeah, me and my me and my boys joke around about that. We have no comedians love joking about Hitler and uh, it's hacky, but I'm going in with the background behind me, and then when I join, I hear him go because my you know my boy Derek Dresser, he's he's half Jewish, half Puerto Rican, yeah. So I hear him laughing. He goes, oh jeez, and then I look and I'm like, oh, there's two other Jewish comics in in the Zoom that I didn't know were in there at that time. Like I thought it was just like me, Derek, and two of my other boys. And then I see that shit. And then as soon as I saw the name, my heart jumped. Like, oh, no. I'm like, I'm not anti-Semitic. It's a joke. I'm fucking with Derek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You have to nowadays. You can't be messing with certain stuff. No, no. I, I, no that's just always, I feel like uh, the Holocaust, like Holocaust and slavery has always been like the two uh, touchy subjects. You always got to be careful how you joke yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. In most yeah. situations. Because... I've heard people joke about it and like black people laugh and then white people are just like, oh. all right, they're laughing. <laughs> they're like, they're scared, they're like they're oh, I don't know. Yeah. So not sure. tell me a little bit about you. I know you have uh, your host of on the gate podcast. Uh, tell us about your podcast here. Cause I thought it was very interesting. I did do my research with you. I listened in a little bit. I love the concept. <laughs> <laughs> what'd you think <laughs> i like it you know what okay this is what i wanted to talk to you i've seen people like there's a chick i follow on youtube her name's christina randall and she tells like uh she talks like murder about murders or things going on or whatever but she got she had like over a million followers on youtube or whatever but she started off talking about prison and all that other stuff 
And then I go looking on TikTok and I notice there's all these people like just talking what happens in prison and they're sitting around and I notice like everybody's like talking and talking, but then I'm like listening. I'm like, these people weren't like, and they're, they're, they're like got little charges. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, wait a minute. I've noticed some of these people on TikTok, like, dude, you were just in County. That's different than state. You yeah. know what I'm well, saying? I've never been, I've never been to state. I just, Oh, you never been, been state? County my whole life. Nah, oh, I've just been okay. in and out of County my whole life. Like, oh, you lucky one, then. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did two years straight. They gave me two bullet, like two County years. But they mm-hmm. made me finish one and start the other one. So I did like 16 months, like straight in county. But like, I never did, like, I never went upstate. Uh, well. Yeah. That's why we don't, that's why I always say, like, because Derek been to prison and I've wow. been to jail. I've been in and out of jail. So it's just more like uh, uh, the on the gate was just kind of like, that's what we both had in common. We had to, to, to obviously, we both were addicted to heroin. He shot uh-huh. it, I snorted it. Uh, and we met during the pandemic. So we had no idea who we were, like who each other were, like up until like I accidentally stumbled into the legal show <laughs> that we had, an indoor show like in the Lower East Side. Now it's, oh. you know, it's now you can talk about it's, you know, it's a gym now. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, at the time, it was just like doing a bunch of legal shows there. And then we linked up. And then I remember we just like tell stories about, because I used to sell drugs since i was like 16 i started selling like weed 14 15 16 was like coke and like pills and all that shit and uh i kept like getting drug charges but it was just like you know i'm a minor so just like i'll do like six months in county come home Uh right back at it Uh and it was just like a a cycle i did like a total of like four years in county Oh, like okay. Oh, so you want to, that's why I'm like, because I've known yeah, people that I was a, say. I was a skid bitter. Yeah, I was a skid Okay. <laughs> oh, at least you admit that. No, but I've seen yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. people on TikTok and they're telling story after story and they're getting so many views. Like I see all these people like on TikTok, like that's the big thing now that everybody's yeah. up on that until they ban that shit. Like I see that they're all talking about like. And they're t- and I don't understand why people are so fast. I guess maybe I know so many criminals that I know it's not fascinating. Yeah, I I wouldn't hear it. I don't listen to that shit. I don't want to listen like, to it. I'm like, yeah. no, let me. You know what I'm saying? But you yeah, know, you become like it's just like eating the same food every day. You know, like after a while, like shows like cops or uh, like when people try to put cops on in there. Like when we were locked up, I was like. Why, why would you want to watch this? Like, if you want to see failed criminals, just look around. Like, like, this is, you want to see criminals failing? Look, this is us right here. Why would you want to watch You that? You want like, to see why, the mentally why, ill? Look. They're... Yeah. Why would you want to watch Gangland? Like, of all things. Like, yeah. We're surrounded by gang- This is Gangland. Like, what the fuck do you want to watch? Let's watch TMZ so we can see Kim Kardashian in a bikini. You know, there's always there's always those. And then, you know, let's watch a movie or something. Or maybe, you know, some throw some sports and shit. Right. But like I, I like I remember when I came home, like I'd get up with some of my old friends mm-hmm. and then whenever we get into like war stories and shit of like, oh, yeah, remember we used to do this. Uh, we were selling this much, making this much money. Some of them still, you know, are out there doing the thing. And some of them, you know, locked up feds. Like one of them is like doing 10, like 10 right now. Another one's like fighting a bunch of shit ton of felonies. A few of them overdosed and not around no more. And like when 
I get up with somebody and we're talking about all this shit. I'm like, yo, I don't like. I hate this. Like that's why, I, like, when I started comedy, I didn't talk about it much because I'm like, I don't really want to talk about this right now. And then I would, you know, getting to know comics, I'd tell them stories, and they'd be like, Why are you not talking about this on stage? Like, you went to jail for throwing a snowball at somebody. <laughs> talk about that on stage, you know? Like, yeah. I, I, I was around like drug addicts and like the weirdest, craziest people, and I remember like. Like it were it was some bad times, but there were some times where I was, just, I was things were just hilarious. You know what I mean? Like I've just seen a lot of funny shit. Even in jail, I met some of the funniest people in my life in jail. What do you think is impossible? Like everybody, you would think everybody's like depressed, and you'll find like everybody's just like eh, everybody's kind of maintaining, and you have the few people that just kind of mope around, and then everybody has their little moments. You know, like you'll just see like I did not in the mood today. Like you know, something happened. Like. It's all up and downs, and that's you know fights happen and shit. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, the fun. <laughs> you got to use your life experience to get to pull your material. Yeah, and, and everything is you got to use those shared experiences and all that. But I've seen, yeah, like there is an obsession. With, well, my obsession though, like it was for a minute, was I I like to hear true crime, right? But the, when I'm saying the true crime, I want to hear like some murder. Like, I want to hear some, like, uh, there was that guy oh. that, like, I want to hear a murder, but I want to hear they catch the person. Yeah, I don't want to hear, no, like, I'll listen to stuff about uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, Richard Ramirez, or whatever, but I don't want to hear, like, don't tell me no story and that murder's loose, because then yeah. I'm going to be paranoid, because I take you an edible hear, every uh, night, like. <laughs> I, ha- I have uh, uh, one of my friends, he was he was older. Mm-hmm. but uh he he was like he's basically my plug like mm-hmm. he was the reason i started making money at a young age is because he had like this italian dude that he knew in queens that had like keys of coke and he was just like always selling drugs and he came to me and he was just like yeah i know you can move some shit so he just like basically gave me whatever i wanted and i would just owe him whatever you know whatever it was like the wholesale so he was mm-hmm. just basically giving me, giving it to me on the arm. I'm like 16, 17 years old. And I'm yeah. just getting like, I'm getting coke for like basically $17 a gram. This is back in 2002. So I'm, it's like $17 a gram. And I'm like, damn it, supplying my whole little town of uh, of Long Island and the, like the surrounding towns. Because I had it for like the same price as people were getting it in the city. I was just like making a shit ton of money at like at an early age, but like this dude, uh, he had like a drug problem, and he, you know, he was he used to be like a skinhead back in the mm-hmm. day. But by the time I met him, he was a, he was already a wigger, which is uh, it happens a lot. Like there was a lot of skinheads in Long Island that became wiggers after. Like, oh, like an Eminem type. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They were wearing, you know, they start wearing the the the, the Jabot jeans, and you see really? them with the Jordans. Yeah, a lot of they go from of being a skinhead to like all of a sudden, like, oh no, you know, I was wrong because you know a lot of these dudes, they were they were their parents are racist, so they grew up with that mentality. Yeah, and then you know they probably got a few black friends, started playing sports or whatever, and the next thing you know, they're like, you know, I like Wu Tang. You know, fuck you, dad. And, you know, I've had that where white guys I've dated, like all of a sudden they're trying to speak more Spanish than I've ever spoken in my life. <laughs> and, uh, and they're uh, like, and, and there's, and it's like a, it's a joke. Like they'll start, 
Mira, like, mami. Like, yeah, like I'm like, what? What the hell? Like, and then, okay. yeah, <laughs> and then they start, they start talking, and then they won't stop, and then their Spanish is bad, and, and you're like, yo, like, and, and they, yeah. I was like, damn, did I put the sazon on you? Like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> like, they, they're pandering. <laughs> yeah, like then it gets like kind of offending. They're like. All yeah. like, you know, they're expecting me to cook. And I'm like, yo, I'm not the uh, one. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm not the one, but. Like, I'm not old school. I'm not old school. Like, yo, no. Like, yo. I've had a couple white guys I dated that they get, like, um, they've gotten like that. You know what I mean? Where they're like, like, yo, like. And they, they always have. They expect you a, to be the novella wife. Yeah. And. and <laughs> I'll show like, wear this party dress and and mop the floor. <laughs> yeah, and I'll show it. They want it. They want a novella. I'll show them a novella with the <laughs> they're acting. Out. Yeah, you it's know what I'm awesome. saying. They'll see the other side. Like, oh, but then you know what? There was one white guy that I dated, and then I I think I confronted him or something, and he got like all like a bitch and scared or something. He did something that pissed me off. And I just like told him like, like, I just told him basically off. Like, I didn't really like, I didn't do anything crazy, but then he turned it like, oh, oh, so fearful. So they can't really handle. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. When yeah. when I heard, when I heard uh, Puerto Rican and Cuban, I'm like, yo, I, she's punched her man in the chest before. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not, no, when I was younger, things were different. I've thrown, oh no, my, I remember my daughter's father, I caught him um, one time he was on the computer, like trying to chat or somebody with him. And, and I threw like a cup and it hit him right in his head. It hit him. You <laughs> <laughs> got an arm, man. <laughs> threw it right at him. And then he's trying to tell people, I was just on the computer and I was just chatting on AOL or something or whatever and my friend said you're lucky it was a cup because and and she's like full puerto rican she goes because i would have stabbed your ass right then and there <laughs> like she told Jeez. him yeah <laughs> she was like he was trying to tell her like that and i remember he did something and i went Pow! and the cup hit him like perfect perfect game but yeah i don't i mean you're puerto rican and cuban man and the caribbean <laughs> people have arms man that's why we're taking over baseball yeah. Oh no, we do have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, I would like. It would have been nice to have a son to play baseball or something like that. But I got two. Do- you got a daughter too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, get- I got karma. I should have called you it got karma. Karma, karma Perez. <laughs> <laughs> I should have got her karma. <laughs> karma Perez. Yeah, like I got two daughters, and man, daughters will. Um, but how old is your daughter? She's about to be 11, but she'd be acting like she's like 14, 15. Okay, already. so listen, yeah. 13 years old, I'm just going to prepare you. <laughs> it's going to be, you're going to be, I'm going to prepare you got two years. It's bad. My oldest wasn't good. Thank God. My oldest was real good. But you know what? I lucked out. My oldest is gay. So I was like, uh, you, when, when you find out your daughter like, is full-fledged gay, you're like, okay, yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, you're like, okay, happy as hell. Um, the youngest, <laughs> the youngest though, put it like um, the youngest though, yo, she has hurt me worse than any other man. She is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How old is she? 
She's 19 now. But I kind of blame because her father, I kind of blame the incident. Well, this is the thing. It's good that you're in your daughter's life. I blame what happened to my daughter because her father was locked away from, mm. like I said, the time she was four years old to she was right when she turned 18, he got out. And yeah. so, yeah, he was in state and um, something with conspiracy, with some murder or whatever. Basically, he was helping out a friend that he should have been not helping out. And then he got in trouble. Mm. You get what I'm saying? And that's where, yeah. like, once you have a child, you need to make these certain decisions in your life to do better. Yeah. I mean, that's what it took with me. It was just like my daughter turned one. And I'm like, all right, I got to stop selling drugs. This was, I already had, like, I was on drugs, selling mm-hmm. drugs, and going to school, going to community college mm-hmm. for uh, broadcasting. And I was doing good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I made the dean's list, even though I was selling heroin out of the school. <laughs> I was having people, yo, come meet me in the parking lot, man. I'm I'm in between classes. You know? yeah. and, uh, but um, as soon as I finished that, I was like, all right, let me, let me stop. And uh, I had to like do like a little 30 day bid for, I got caught with like a stun gun or some shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess when you got like a, fel- when you got a felony, it becomes a felony weapons charge but they drop it down to a misdemeanor. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but I had to do like 30 days. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I go through the 30 days. I'll clean up, you know, I would, you know, I'll stop, you know, I'll get off the fuck. I'll stop sniffing dope. So I go in there, I withdraw. I come out, you know, I get a job. I work for like this baseball stadium in Long Island, the Long Island Ducks doing camera work there. And I'm like, oh, everything's pretty normal and stuff. But then I kind of like, after a while, I got comfortable and I like relapsed within like like three months, and then that just kind of made me spiral to the point where uh, I don't know. I'm gonna say I just lost my whole family. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it just fucking it just went bad. Like I ended up catching a gun charge during that time. I was working oh. at Family Dollar. Like I was just like, all right, I can't sell drugs, so I'm gonna do it. So my God, let me go work at Fam. Let me get a job anywhere. Because uh, I didn't have a car, uh-huh. I lost my car. So then um, I'm, I'm like, I can walk the family dollars. So I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm this is, I'm at my lowest fucking point. Like I was like, to me, it was a rock bottom. I'm like, I'm working at a fucking dollar store, watching crackheads I used to serve come in and steal. I'm like, fuck, I'm just walk away. And they're like, they tell me, you know, hey, try to keep an eye on the store. And I'm like, fucking, I don't care, man. You guys are paying me like eight thousand an hour, like. And it's just like embarrassing to me. Right. But that was like around 2014. So around that time, I catch the gun charge. And uh, the the gun was in my house, right? My brother calls the cops. Me and him got into it. He calls the cops. The cops come in the house. Um, I didn't realize the gun was sitting in the closet on top of the clothes. Because I'm like all fucked up and shit. Right. I'm thinking I had it stashed away. Like I thought it was away. He gets he walks into the room. I'm sitting by the computer, or whatever. And then he just he's talking to me. And all of a sudden I see him pull, like walk out of the door, like pull his gun out. And uh and he like holds a gun up. He's like, get away from the closet. And as soon as he said that, I was like, Oh, and I was just shit. like, and this is all the time. I'm like, yo, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot. I'm like, put my hands. I'm like, yo, I'm getting down. Like, I'm like, 
getting on the bed like this. I'm like, yo, don't shoot me, don't shoot me. Don't oh, shoot me. man. I, in my head, I realized, I'm like, oh, does he think I'm going to go reach for the gun? Yeah. So uh, I get the gun charge. And at that point, like, my daughter's mother was already tired of my shit. She was already mm-hmm. done with me. And uh, so I go in, and I'm sitting I'm sitting in there, and um, my lawyer's like, well, you know, they didn't have a warrant to go in there. You know, the gun wasn't loaded. It was in the house. It wasn't like you had it in the street. So, you know, we'll try to just get you like a year, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, you know, that sounds good. I'm cool with that. Shit, lawyer like, fee, gonna... that's about like a $10,000. <laughs> right? Well, so, lawyer, I could just think yeah. that's $10,000 right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, um, yeah, but, you know, my, my, my family had to pay for the lawyer at that time because I had nothing. Oh. And then... uh. So they give me a grace period <laughs> before I go to before I go to get sentenced. Like, hey, you know, you can go home to your daughter or whatever. You know, get your shit together. And I'm doing all right. Everything's all right. You know, I'm working things out with my baby mother. Then, like five weeks later, after I got out, uh, we go out to my we go out to Patchogue in Long Island to for my brother's birthday. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're all drunk or whatever. And I go to leave. Like, I'm going to leave uh, with my daughter's mother. I'm going back to her house. Well, my our apartment, she had kicked me out when I went mm-hmm. to jail. And that was the first night she was going to let me come stay over. Mm-hmm. And right when we're leaving, she goes like, oh, your cousin, like, who she's friends with, Bianca. She was like, oh, you got to go pick up Bianca. Um, let's turn around. So we go back. My brother's already, like, arguing with a bouncer. He's getting mm. into it. So I get, I go in there, I get in the middle of it. And you know, I, I thought I calmed it down. Everything's all good. And then I go in there to walk walk in there to get my other brother and my cousin. And next thing I know, the bouncer just goes to try to mush my face. And I was like, yo, I was I just came and calmed everything down. And mm. he just comes and tries to mush my face. And then my cousins and uh like pull me back. And then like there's just like a mound of snow like right behind me. So I just grab it. Like I just grab like a chunk of ice off the little mound and I just chucked it into the bar and it hit the mirror and the mirror cut, uh, the mirror broke and it cut the bounce in the ear. So when the cops came, I left, <clears throat> I ran, <clears throat> but I ended up splitting up with my brother and uh, running into a dead end. And then the cops came, caught me at the dead end. Like when I was, coming back out and they were like yeah we heard you threw a bottle up at a at security i was like oh nobody threw a bottle and then uh, i get to the precinct i'm thinking i'm like i'm fucked i'm supposed to turn myself i'm supposed to go to this like probation hearing whatever some like mm. not probation like i'm supposed to go to a pre-sentencing hearing right at a probation at the probation office on tuesday and now i'm sitting at the precinct so i'm like hopefully i can bail out and make it there on time. And then the judge doesn't see this new charge before I go mm-hmm. in for that charge. And I'm sitting in there and I'm just like waiting. And he goes, uh, all right, what's going on? And he goes, like, yeah, he's saying you hit him with a block of ice. I'm like, where did I get a block of ice from? Like I hit him with snow, snow off the ground. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there talking. I'm like, I can't even believe it. And I'm drunk. I'm fucked up. I'm just sitting there like, fuck, this is not happening right now. And then um, he tells me, you know, it's a felony. He's like, oh, we're waiting to see if it's a felony. I'm like, it's a felony? Like, that's crazy. Like, I didn't, I didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. So uh, they come back and they like, yep, uh, he's pressing charges, whatever. He had to get stitches. It's a felony assault. So I'm like, fuck my life. 
So now I go back in and uh, the judge, they, I go to the probation hearing and then have to see the judge who just released me right after it while I'm in jail. Wow. And, and as I'm walking in, I'm walking into the courtroom handcuffed. He's in the corner talking to the lawyer and the DA. And I hear the judge clearly say, oh, so basically a snowball. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, when I heard that, I was just like, oh, fuck, man. I'm like, damn. I'm like, all right, at least that's a good sign. Like, he realizes this ridiculous. Yeah, he turns to me. Mr. Perez, didn't I tell you if you got in trouble again that I was going to read or uh, take this back and hit you with more time? And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, damn, you know, I'm like, I just the worst luck ever. I could just do a snowball. I was going to go home. Like, I was going to go home, fuck my baby mother, that, and go to sleep. You yeah. know what I mean? That was the plan. I, I feel I like this I'm is every movie, though. That your story is like every movie, like I've seen about, like, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It, your took, story. it took like 12 months of me going back and forth to court for each charge. Oh. I'm going doing bullpen therapy, not even seeing a judge, just going and sitting in a bullpen with a fucking like, you know, a bunch of dirty homeless people and crackheads who haven't showered in days and then hoping I don't bump into somebody who, you know what I mean? From, from yeah. my past that like has beef or some shit or some, you know, something coming back or whatever. Somebody just feeling froggy or whatever. Thank God I haven't had a, like, I, I didn't have that many issues as I got older. I kind of learned how to move. Right, right. Like, because when you're younger, you're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta prove myself. I gotta send yeah. Prove. So, like, you just like, you almost like bring problems to yourself. Yeah. And then, so it was just like, I, I was just like, fucking, yeah. Where, where was I? I'm sorry. I smoked Mad Bud like <laughs> right before, right when I'm driving here. I'm like, I didn't get to smoke all day in my first high. So I'm just like lit. I was talking about, um, damn. <laughs> I forgot my whole point. That's okay. No, you're talking yeah, about the snow pit and going. So for that year, you were like in oh, and out of jail. Yeah, in and out of court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing the bullpen therapy uh twice a month uh, for almost like 12 months. And then finally, because I'm like, I'm not gonna do it two years. I'm gonna take it two years for it. They're like, all right. Um he's like, all right, we're gonna get you the one year upstate with one year uh parole. And I was like, I would have been home, you know, six months earlier. And I wouldn't mind being on papers because I'm like, yo, I got my daughter. I just want to get home to my daughter. You know what I mean? Right. Like the holidays is coming up. I was like, I'll take the one year upstate. I'm not, I don't want to take back to back bullets in county. Like I don't want to sit in county for two years. Yeah. And they, he finally was like, yeah, we got it. He's like, I got you the one and one. So I'm like, all right, good. I go there. He's like, we're going, he gets all the sentencing papers ready, whatever. And when I go, he goes like, "Yeah, the, you got you the one and one." I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah." So, so how do you think I? When do you think I'll be, you know, going to stay? Well, like asking this question. I was like, "No, no, no, one and one, one year, <laughs> one one year in county for 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 the gun charge, and one year in county for the snowball." And I'm like, "How the fuck does that make sense?" Damn. Now, like, was this the sense. same brother that you defended that called you for the cop for the gun no. charge? Yes. Oh, yes, oh. yes, 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 yes. It was the same brother. The same brother. The same brother. <laughs> Damn. The same. <laughs> the same brother. Is he younger or older? Younger. My younger brother. Oh, yes. That's, my, uh, that's my favorite sibling, too. The weird part. And he's your favorite. 
<laughs> he'll call that but did you like i don't know like did, did you teach him a lesson like we don't call the fucking cops because i was raised we don't call the cop like i know way i was raised. yeah well he wasn't he wasn't he, he didn't come up like that you know what i mean oh, okay. like me and my brother older brother were more you know because me and my brother we grew up in yonkers so like we grew up in the hood for like you know the first 14 years of our lives Mm-hmm. And then my brother kind of grew up out here in Long Island, and so oh, he had more of a, rate. He, different yeah, race. So, yeah, so I I got both, but like by the time I came out here, I was already fourteen, and I was just like, ah, right, yo, you know, how, how do I finger girls out here now? Like, like, I was just like, my mind was already like running around smoking weed already and shit. I was already getting drunk, and right. uh, my brother got into shit, but he was like already like you know eighteen, nineteen, which I was kind of happy because I was you know I got started shit when I was like twelve. And it kind of, I feel like that fucked me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What brought you now? What brought you over to doing comedy? From being uh, a bad boy think, to now going to comedy, what? Oh uh, well, I got out, and uh, my daughter's mother already moved on. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she got remarried, ended up having a kid, and uh, not while I was in jail, but like, you know, it started while I was in jail. Mm-hmm. So when I came home, I'm like, fuck, what do I do? Like, I have no idea. Like, I lost, like, the little bit I had before I got locked up was all gone now. Mm-hmm. And now I'm staying at my mother's house. I'm back at my mother's house. And I'm, like, on a futon in my little brother's room. That used to be our room, but now it's his room because I've been gone for mm-hmm. so long. So now I'm on a futon, like, him, like, telling me what to do, like, giving me the, the ground rules. And I'm like, I'm just like sleeping on his couch, basically. And mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, I got a job um, working for this like chimney company. And <clears throat> that you, that's like, I guess it was run. I think it was like a money laundering thing because I got the job from this guy I used to sell weed for when I was 16. <laughs> and he came home from the feds. He got, he got, he got like, he went into the feds like twice. And uh, once when I was working when I was younger, they raided his house, but they only got him because he got he got pulled over with sixty thousand in cash, right? Mm-hmm. So now you know, and then he did this whole weed operation later on in Long Island. He went down, so eventually he came home, started this chimney company. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, yeah, it was like I think they did it for like a year or two or whatever. But I was doing that, and I'm like, like just depressed. And I remember at one point he's like, he's like, you want to do this or you rather sell coke? And the fact that I almost considered it, I was just like, damn, man, like, this is not, this is not a good, like, situation I'm on, like, in. But long story short, I ended up relapsing for a little bit. And I think my aunt in Alabama was like, hey, do you want to come back down here? Because I went and cleaned up once back in 2010. I went down there for, like, two months to get to off To Alabama? Yeah, to Alabama. That's my way... Very, yeah, it's deep. It's deep. It's a thousand miles away. A thousand and one, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, I went down there and cleaned up. So they're like, hey, you want to come down here and just stay a little bit longer? Like, just, you know, try to try something new. Because every time out there, it was just the same shit. Right. I clean up. I come home, you know, start selling drugs again or you know, get locked up again. And it's just the, the whole cycle. So my like, God, let me go try something new in Alabama. I go down there and, you know, clean up, started working, two jobs. You know, uh, my father helped me out. He's like, yo, listen, I'll give you a little hoopty because my father sells cars on the side. So he's like, I'll give you this little hoopty. 
And, um, you know, like when you start working, whatever, pay me back and gave me like, uh, he gave me enough for like the first, he's like, he has three months, uh, like insurance. Like, I'm going to help you out. He's like, I knew. And the fact that he did that, I was like, my father's never tried to like get involved when I was fucking up like that. Like he would just mm-hmm. tell me shit like, you're playing with fire. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what the fuck that means. Like, it's, it's like yeah. giving me riddles and shit. And, you, and he was like, you're playing with, you're playing with candles. But it sounds he, he's cool. A, he's Spanish. from the, he's an immigrant, mm-hmm. right? From DR? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. always give you these little like. Yeah, these little sayings that you get. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're playing. He was basically saying you're playing with fire. But he was like, don't. He's like, don't touch candles or some shit. But like the fact that he was like, like actually so, cause he was just more like, he would show it in, in anger. Like whenever, like I fucked up, like you fucking idiot. Blah. So this is the first time he actually was just like, act, like, yo, I want to help you, blah, blah. He's like, you got to get out of here. Like you're not doing good. So I was just like, fuck it. Cause my aunt was trying to get me to go down there. I'm like, nah, I'm good. But the fact that he came at me like that, I was just like, fuck it. Let me just... Let's try it. Uh, so I go down and start working. And then my cousin just throws the idea in the air. He goes like, yo, I want to start doing comedy. I want to find an open mic. And I was like, yeah, yeah I want to start doing comedy too. And while I was locked up, I met um, a part owner of a comedy club. It was like a smaller club at the time, but um, he worked in the, the prison kitchen as a civilian cook. Also, <laughs> was involved in the comedy game. So we were talking about comedy and he said, hey, when you get out, get five minutes with the jokes and come talk to me. But mm-hmm. I came home, everything happened, you know, my baby mother, and, you know, relapsed again. So completely forgot about comedy until my cousin brought it up. And I was like, let's do it. Give me a month to write jokes. That was the summer of 2016, right? It was like wow. around the end of the summer, 2016. I was like, "Let give me a month to start writing jokes. Fast forward to uh, February 2018, the first mm-hmm. time I actually do comedy. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. for two years, it was like, next month, next right, month, right, I'll right. do it next month. And then uh, around my birthday of 2017, I got invited to a comedy club down there. And a few of the guys that were on the show, one of them was like, you know, he, he was like a street dude, young kid. And he was like telling jokes about like selling drugs and all that stuff. I was like, wait, did, I can tell jokes about like, you know, st- like I was like, I got like dumb ideas like that that yeah. I can probably bring on stage. Yeah. So I was like writing down and I was like, All right. I started looking for mics, ended up doing this competition that I won the semifinals. My, this is my second time. Which competition ever. was that? Because I did see a clip of you were on, was it Kill Tony? No, that was, that was a podcast that I got on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it was Kill. Uh, I think I saw you on. Yeah. Cause I do, I always yeah. do my research. Yeah. Yeah. Kill Tony was uh that's a big podcast. That's like uh Rogan's people and stuff. Yeah. 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 They no. It, they do it at the mothership now. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that. that's, yeah but this was like, that's uh, been... this was like at a comedy club. It was basically an open mic competition and it was like whoever they, they had like 13 semifinals and each winner goes on the main stage which is like 420 people and you basically compete to work at that club so i won that the semifinals, and i like i was just feeling myself like I, I did good like my first three sets and then i just bombed for four months after that but i just chased that high of those first three sets 
Mm-hmm. And then eventually it was just like things started kind of like working, I guess. And um, after like a year of doing comedy, a year and a half out there, I'm like, oh, let me just go back to New York. Like, I, I figure, I think this is, I, I found out why I came down here. I got my purpose. Let me get back to my family. I feel like, you know, I have something, you know, to work towards and to not fuck up in New York. Right. And I moved out here in 2019 and lost my fucking mind. I was just like, what? You could do five open mics in a day. <laughs> like, I was just like a crackhead. I was just going up everywhere. Because, like, the first one I did, I bombed so hard that I was just like, oh, I was lucky in Alabama. Like, this is this is the, the bigger leagues. And I'm thinking about this at an open mic. So, <laughs> this is, wow. I'm not even at, like, clubs yet. Like, looking at these big-time guys, like, you know, like a Mark Norman or even, uh, you know, Louis C.K., where you see what they do and you're like, oh, no, I'm so far from that. I was yeah. in Alabama thinking I was like, yeah, I'm the next. I'm I'm the chosen one. Like, <laughs> I'm killing yeah. it out here. And, and then I you came to out, New York and you're like, oh, shit. I got shit. humbled quick, yeah. real quick. But uh, the pandemic happened and I took advantage of it because a lot of people weren't willing to perform or uh, produce shows. Mm-hmm. So I started producing some of like the earliest shows and just stayed out. Like I just kind of, you know, was popping up at every rooftop show, park show, wherever I could get up, I could. I, I wish I would have worked a little harder, but like I still, um, I definitely, um, I definitely benefited from that whole quarantine lockdown, like outdoor shows. Yeah. I think a lot of people just came up all together during quarantine in different opportunities. Yeah. Oh, it, it all changed. It, 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 I saw the, the whole gate key, like the gatekeepers, whatever, yeah. like switch over because right before the pandemic hit, you know, there was like a bunch of these producers and like everybody was like, yo, these are the shows. I'd go hang out there and you know, I have like 40, 50 people in the crowd and they're laughing. I'm like, yo, I got to get on these shows. And then the pandemic, like as soon as I got like booked on like my first couple bar shows, the mm. pandemic hit. I was like, fuck, mm. I just started getting noticed. And um, a lot of those people didn't come around during the pandemic. It was just like me and a bunch of other idiots that I was friends with. And we all just got together ourselves. And it just kind of like, we got a lot of shit of it. Like we got a lot of shit at first. Like people mm-hmm. talking shit about us. Like you guys are that desperate. Like you're going to kill your grandmother to tell a dick joke and fart jokes. Like you guys are crazy. Like I'll punch you in the face. Like people were like threatening us with violence. Damn. So I, yeah. Cause I created, I created this group page on Facebook so everybody could know where all the shows were at. And mm-hmm. um, they screenshotted it and then just were talking mad shit on Twitter. So if somebody sent me the screenshot of it, I didn't even have Twitter. Like I mm-hmm. had it, but I didn't even use it. But I went there just for that. And I started promoting the group page on it. Because it was like comics talking shit. And it was funny seeing everybody that was talking shit join the group page. <laughs> I was like, it's funny. And then some people started coming out. They're like, yo, what are these idiots doing? What's wrong with them? Uh, how do I find out when the next open mic is? I actually want to show up. Like, it was <laughs> the funniest shit watching people just switch up. And... uh so like yeah, we got shit at, shit for it at first, but then eventually once everybody started like doing shows, I realized I was just like, damn, things are opening up, and I'm not getting on a lot of these things. I'm obviously not working hard enough. So 
I just kind of kicked it into like fifth gear and was just driving out to the city every day, just showing my face at clubs, showing my face everywhere I could. And then like, Mm -hmm. it just slowly kind of, you know, came together. And when I linked up with my boy, Derek Drescher, you know what I mean? Like we, I've seen him perform before. He's good. Yeah. Like when I linked up with him, uh, he wasn't doing comedy as much. He was doing it like maybe like once a month, you know, for the same amount of years, but just, he was Mm -hmm. like, you know, getting up maybe once or twice a month he wasn't really out like showing his face around and like you know getting into the comedy scene so i just kind of was just like yo come on like follow me motherfucker let's go because like i clicked with him right away as soon as i found out he had like oh he did heroin was locked up <laughs> you know what i mean so i'm like he's half puerto Rican. he reminded me of one of my best friends uh growing up in long island so like instantly i'm like i like this guy and like we would talk for hours in the car about like you know our past and then like shit that we want to do with comedy and then like i'll be like kind of like i want to say i took him under the wing because he's like you know, he's like six years old older than me but like right. i was trying to like put him on to game like kind of show him the ropes i'm like yo this is how like you got to hit mics every day you got to write right. you got to do this you got to do that and uh just like bringing him around but he had like he's a harder worker than me. He has more motivation. Uh-huh. Sometimes I'll get a little lazy. You know what I mean? Like if I wasn't doing this, I would have took a nap before I went to the city. <laughs> <laughs> Look, any chance I get, I'm like, yeah, I just want to, I just want to lay in bed. Most people are sitting right. You know what I mean? Most people would do. I'll be productive. Like he, he definitely pushes me, gives me extra like uh, push sometimes. And also when like seeing him like just kind of like not grow yeah he definitely grew a lot obviously grew a lot but i mean like just seeing how hard he worked started pushing me to work hard i'm just like shit i'm schooling him and now he's schooling me on shit so you both are adding the to the relationship of friendship where you're both motivating where where one lacks you're helping yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. like that's why the podcast works yeah, yeah. Oh, that's how you're so and then you came up with the idea with all these conversations. You're like, let's monetize this shit. Yeah. Let's and well, start a podcast. I wasn't thinking about money at first. I was just like, let's just start a podcast. Right. And you know, see how it goes. Cause I, I just loved, you know, I I, I wanted to just record because I, I wanted to get good at podcasting because mm-hmm. I wanted to get on podcasts. You right. know what I mean? Like, I, 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 one day I want to get on some of my favorite podcasts with my favorite comedians, and I want to be able to do good. And yeah. po- people think podcasting is easy, and it, it's just another art. No, it, it is like, another art because you've got to learn to have, like, conversations with different people, meet different yeah. people. Also, if you're a host, like, I like to kind of... I try my best ability to research as much as I can the guests so I don't say the wrong things. Right, right. Um, and majority, oh, I have thick skin. Huh? I'm, I'm not. I, I don't I have very thick skin. You can shit on yeah. me if you want. Go ahead. Not literally. Well, no, no. Not, I don't shit. Anyway. It isn't that, but it's just like, <laughs> like I saw on one of your podcasts, I said the Puerto Rican, and then I'm listening to it, and it says a Dominican, and the he's Dominican, and they, they put the Puerto Rican pot, like, and I'm like, yo, you couldn't get his 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 like culture right, like you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you couldn't get like I do my research that I want to know, like you know, basic things. The most sometimes it just depends also on my schedule, but I enjoy listening 
to podcasts. And then when, as I'm doing research, I'm like, what is it about this podcast that I like listening? How are they engaging or whatever? And you know what I mean? And also I'm looking at the way they market. And sometimes like I was beating myself up about, you know, like when you do the podcast, you got to write about the other person. But then the other day I go look at Joe Rogan and I'm like, he writes it simple. He's like, okay, Polly Shore is a comic. Here's his site. That's it. And I'm like, yo, this yeah. is Joe Rogan. He out writing. I said, I'm not good at writing. I ain't going to go get all into this. I'm going to put the basics in. And I was yeah. thinking about that. If you tell too much of the, like, so there's a lot, there's the marketing aspect. There's the, you know what I'm saying? you got to research the guests. There's getting the right energy with the guests. Like, you know, um, one thing about me is because of the, you know, I was, I told you earlier, I was a stripper. I never was into music. You get what I'm saying? Right. Because I have flashback of, and I worked at new clubs. I saw a lot of roast beef uh, and then I get flashbacks when I hear certain songs, so I can't go there. <laughs> so I love comedy instead. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always, look, I always enjoyed comedy and going to comedy shows. So, and I know the comedy world. I don't want to be a yeah, comic. It, you know what I'm is saying? It, is it like, is it like a war veteran? Like when they hit five, like fireworks, they go like, they get all twitchy. Oh like, yeah, get, uh, certain songs. I'm song. like, oh no, one song. <laughs> I'll never forget yeah. it. There was, like you I start gagging. The song. <laughs> There's one song, and if I hear it to this day, this girl used to go on stage. I will start gagging. I don't even want to talk. I have a weak stomach. <laughs> I will start gagging when I hear the song because she did this whole uh, act that yeah. just grosses me out. So the years of me strip because I stripped for a long, long time. That was my, you know, from the time I was 18 for God knows where, and I'm still kind of in the, you know what I mean. I have an OF. In industry i well i'm sort of in the industry people can google my name and then they're gonna have to go behind a paywall to see anything so that's how you know that's how i like to keep it um but you know that's what i did that's what i was used to so the world so i always was around music and you couldn't get me to go to any concert i didn't really want to go but comedians i know my comedian world you know what i'm saying i really do so, have you met um Karen Feehan? Have you ever heard of Karen Feehan? You know what? I talked to her producer and because I was looking for a producer and then um after dealing with him, I was so turned off I didn't even bother. You oh, know? you're talking about <laughs> Fat Pat? Fat somehow? I don't know who it was, <laughs> but uh you know what I'm saying? They were like they quoted me like five hundred dollars to be my producer or something like that. They they quoted me some crazy you know what? This is the thing. There's a misconception yeah. with social media. So people thinking yeah. because I have like a OF or OnlyFans, people start thinking I'm I make all this money or whatever, or wow. all this crazy stuff. And one thing about me, I'm really old school, and I was raised by a. My father was a criminal, so I was raised never let people know how much money you had. But the whole thing with that OnlyFans is like people started naming their income. Yo, I don't talk. I don't fucking tell you, but people seem. When I've hit up certain people, they they want to like gouge me. Right. You get right. what I'm saying? So the thing is, like, I have a I have an editor that I was referred to by a fellow comedian that's awesome. My I have the best editor. He's probably gonna I make him watch this so he knows he's the best right now. <laughs> like he's I have a really good editor who's awesome, who doesn't gouge me. And then I have um Oh, by I, the way, I'm I'm gonna Venmo request you two hundred dollars for my time. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> I hate that shit when people are like, yeah, I'm like, invoice you through DM. Yo, I got kicked off Venmo. I got kicked off Venmo and PayPal, so you could try. Um, but people seem to think that we got money or something. You know what I'm saying? We've got like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they oh, really... trust me. I used to sell drugs. I know. Right. People you know what I'm saying? That's like... where we, as strippers and drug dealers. Oh, GeoPay. GeoPays. Yeah, I hate like, that yeah, I do that shit. sometimes. Don't assume I'm going to do it all the time. Right, right. You exactly. Know? So, um, and then I found, um, I have a SAG card that was the only vanilla job. Um, I lived in LA for 10 years and basically like I was a dancer and when MySpace started, I got called to work a movie and I met a girl because I couldn't get a square job to save my fucking life. You know what I'm saying? I had a hard time. So I get on a movie set and this is before Obama and I just wanted health insurance because I always paid so much and everything. I'd get sick and have to pay like a couple hundred dollars to go to the doctor. So I met a girl that had her health insurance and she did background work and she played, um, she always played a stripper, like in all these movies. Mm-hmm. And I said, fuck that. I'm going to play a nurse, a parent, a this, a that, or whatever. And, um, but I met a girl on set one day and now she's my producer too. So you get what nice. I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like when people try, like when ripping me off, I'm like, yo, yo, hoblo espanol. So I can find somebody cheaper and don't <laughs> gouge me because I can find somebody cheaper. So I've heard of them only because I talked to the producer, but I'm not up with that gouging. Don't gouge uh, me. And, and you yeah. know what I mean? Don't bullshit a bullshitter. Cause they were like, oh, you can't. He was like, oh, you can't do a podcast. It's going to be at least 500. I got, well, I guess I won't do. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he's pricey. He's very pricey. Yeah. Very but pricey I'll just, guy. I, I'll figure, you know what I'm saying? I figured out a lot of shit that I, there's been a lot of stuff that I've been able to do myself or figure it out myself, like that a lot of people, couldn't figure out or what you get what I'm saying. I'm pretty savvy. Yeah. I'm smart. You and I figured out a lot of shit. You know, um, when pandemic hit, I figured out how to survive. You, you know, saying I've always figured out how to survive. I do have college education. That's one thing that people don't. Um, you know, they think because oh, I was a stripper. I'm not too bright or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It was just that's what I had to do. Yeah. Do you know what well, I'm yeah, I, people people think that like you know, I sold drugs because I was stupid, and they were right. I was dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like now it's like my own. It, I, I'm good. I can learn hands on, right? Like I think I went to school for like HVAC at one point, right? Did it for mm-hmm. a few months and got a job, and and learned pretty quick. I made a few mistakes, but I'm like, oh, I can you know, get the hang of this quick. My problem is I get bored of that. I'm like, I can't do this every day. I can't be scrapped. You know what I mean? Going into crawl spaces, you know, working all these crazy hours. I'm like, I can't do this. Like I, I like I had like busboy jobs when I was like, you know, maybe like 14, 15. But like once I started actually making money off of Coke, I'm like, never had a nine to five again until I get home, have a nine to five for like maybe a month and then just. It's, as soon as I'm yeah. like, oh, let me just grab a pack. Let me just do one pack. Let me just, you know, try to get my money up for some clothes and maybe get a car. And then I build it up again. And then it's a matter of time before I'm just like, hey, you know, let me treat myself to a bag. <laughs> and then that turns into an eight-month run of me just like losing 40 pounds and, you know. Yeah, there's a, there's a time where we need to just like stop and grow up and focus like we had our fun, we did our thing. 
we need to just go. But I've always the same way with you. Like I never worked always in just one club. I would I always was famous working for t- at two different clubs. That, there was even like a club I worked at in Tampa that didn't have a VIP room. And then across the street was the VIP room. And I would take mm-hmm. one customer and get them a go to right across the street. And the clubs both knew I work at each other. And they'd be like, hey, it's so, double, double dipping. <laughs> I was, oh, I was double dipping. You, It takes uh, seven, seven hustles to become a millionaire. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And so um, my dad was a bit of a gangster. He sold drugs. He never got in trouble. And so he had different hustles and different stuff like that. So I kind of look like, and one thing, if your daughter's interested in being cop, don't do what my dad did. Okay. Because I used to like watching cop shows or whatever. And I remember I told him, daddy, I want to go be a police officer when I want to be like a, um, an investigator and I want to investigate crimes. And then he was like, so then I think I was from like 14 till 16. All he ever did was tell me, cops are rats they're rats like that's all he ever told me so then when I got on the pole my dad's and I was like dad you told me I wanted to be cops like what do you expect like when you're like you know what I'm saying so I was always up front what I was doing and he would just like look at me all mad but like he literally like I was obsessed with like um you know for entertainment we all you know how we watch law and order or whatever Mm -hmm. show or whatever it was like that's what I wanted to do but he was like he was not having it yeah what are your parents still around well my father passed away um in 2019 he partied basically like a lot um he partied like his saying his motto was AA was for quitters (laughs) so he partied like a a rock star so he passed away because his heart basically couldn't take it my mother's Mm. still alive um, but yeah, my dad was, because that's how I was, re- you know what I'm saying? In the eighties, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's Cuban. And man, and, yeah, he knew how to, think, he would tell me, I know how to drive, ride planes and sp- I speak Spanish. What do you think? Like, yeah. So he would, uh, yeah. he was, he was a Cuban gangster. Was he, was he in like Fidel Castro's Cuba? Like, did he like escape communism? Bay of Pigs? Like, like Bay of Pigs? During that time period. Yeah, he was. Really? Yeah. So during that period, not Marilito, I learned afterwards the difference because of my um, daughter's father is Marilito. Because I was watching The Good Shepherd um, the other day, and that was based around the whole things from the Bay of Pigs. Yeah. So that was the time period that his family came. My aunt was born in the States. I have an aunt that's down in Miami. She's a doctor. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's basically when he was come. So he was pretty much raised in the States. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And he spoke Spanish and um, he did do construction and he did some other stuff, but he never got, I remember um, he did something because he played around with the Santeria where he didn't get a felony. He did something. Uh, like, that they got Cuban deep. dude, the Cuban dude that I said, the, the chimney company guy, he used to do that stuff. He used to like make these little, mounds of like fruits and water and then like uh and light a candle and stuff it was, it, i don't want to say it's weird but like he really believed in that he called there's santeria white man yeah the santeria yeah like my daughter's father's family they all um when she was acting up when she was a teenager i remember her aunt going you know uh you could pay 1500 to the babalao 
And then I was like, yo, I, I, I was like, no, they're like, look, I got it down to 500. <laughs> you, you get what yeah. I'm saying? They, they get deep into that. Um, I just don't mess around. And I also, big thing about me, I don't believe in doing any of that for romance. I'll do something now for some money. he would do it for money the cuban guy that i know he would he said it was mostly for money yeah but relationships uh uh-uh relationships hell no because like i feel like that's if and i noticed like a lot of spanish women they do do stuff for relationships or like or for stuff to work out i just won't i feel like if it's not meant to be it's not meant to be you get what i'm saying like yeah and you've just got to have a voodoo doll Right, right. And then that's where is it's get it gets kind of like scary. You know what I'm saying? So like I won't mess around with, but when it's time, it's time, but you know what you I'm know, saying? Uh the the guy, remember I told you the guy uh from earlier where um he was like a skinhead and it became like a like basically like a big hip hop dude who's all mm-hmm. into the black culture now. He um he got robbed, right? Um, some guy, like, they sold him, I think, like, a key of fake Coke. Like, the whole thing was fake. It wasn't Damn. like it was cut. It was just straight fake, a whole a whole brick. And I think, I think it was, like, probably, like, the guy, I think it was, like, $25,000 that he paid for it. So he, he kidnapped the guys in Queens. It was three of them, but he only caught two. And he brought them back to his apartment in Queens, shot both of them with multiple guns. Like he showed them, I think he shot him with like a twenty, a twenty-two, a twenty-five, and then like a three-eighty or something. And my, what I think happened was he shot him with the smaller gun, right? Because he thought I'll sh- he's in an apartment. I'm gonna shoot him with the smaller gun because uh, it makes less noise. But I think it didn't like really kill him. You know what I mean? Like I think. Oh, uh, that's SD. So I think he shot him with the with the bigger gun and i guess that i guess the i guess it wasn't really didn't kill him either and they just shot him with the even bigger gun because um and then he chopped him up in his bathtub what? put him in rubber made containers right this is my this is my drug connect this is oh you can you can google his name darren lynch mm-hmm. uh d-a-r-r-e-n <laughs> damn you telling me like no because you like that shit you can look into it he's he's doing uh-huh. like forever he's got like nine 99 years 99 months 99 days 99 seconds mm-hmm. all that so he he chops them up in in the bathtub i like that i kind of like the killers that do it because they're just sick for drugs i'm like for some reason it's like a certain type of thing like when it's a purpose like that i'm like because of my pat my family and my past and stuff i'm like <laughs> okay like they kind of but if it's a if it's i don't know why it is it relaxes me when it's somebody like like a jeffrey dahmer style stuff like and then they catch him on more but something like that i'm like ah man okay you know so he he uh he um chopped them up put them in rubber made bass uh rubber made tubs whatever drove him out to long island with another dude The, the other dude drove him out and right down the block, I don't know, most people never know what sumps are, but it's just basically like this big kind of dip in the ground. It's just basically a dugout hole that's like mm-hmm. surrounded by fences. And that's where like, I guess kind of a storm drain, I guess. That's where all the water and the sewage goes to, right? Mm-hmm. So when it rains, the water goes there. 
And he went and tried to bury the bodies in there, but he couldn't get the torsos over. So he buried the arms, the legs, and the heads in the sump and then took the torsos back to his mom's house, which is right by the sump. It's like five minute walk and buried them in his mom's backyard in his dog's grave. Dug up his dog and then put the torsos right back there. And the one guy who got away from the three that robbed him, he had said something, right? So he got arrested in Queens. And while he was arrested in Queens, they were investigating the smell over here. Because all the neighbors were like, yo, what the fuck is that smell? What he oh. didn't realize is the sump is connected to all the sewers and all the drains. So people were walking in the street and it was just the smell was coming out oh. into the street. Yeah. So they went and they started looking in there. They found the body. You know, they started digging and then they found the bodies in there. They realized his mom lives right down the road. And they went to the house. They saw that, you know, there was uh, dug up dirt, freshly dug up dirt. They went, found the torsos. And that was it. This girl got seven years because he went and gave her the guns. And then um, his friend got 20 years for driving him. And then he got life. Like, just, I forgot that shit. One of the sentences was like 75 years. And then and then they gave him some other shit. But he's, I think they're like, oh, I forget how much. That's but crazy. But he's like in there for life. I heard, he's, I heard he got caught up. Like, the, the recent, the most recent thing I heard about him was he owed people money. Because I think he was getting high in there because he, he really had a bad drug problem. So I think he owed people money. So they just sliced his face up. Like he's just all scarred up in his face. Ooh. Like they fucked him up like that. Damn. That's why, that's why you got to stay in school, kids. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you've got to focus on a talent. Uh, uh, thank God for comedy, pretty- man. Yeah. If not, I'd be, I could have easily been on either side of those. I could have been giving them a ride. Like, you know what I mean? I could have been right. caught up or like, yeah. there's just so many situations that like, I, like at the moment I was like, dude, if, if this would have like escalated into something else, or if the cops would have like, if we would have got caught, it would have been like, yo, I would have done 10 years, 15 years. Like there's so, so many things I got away with. I'm just like, I. Right, this is the sign. Obviously, I paid for it in other ways because I right. feel like, you know, a lot of the stuff, uh, like when I was like, you know, doing drugs, like it was mm-hmm. just terrible. Like I just hit like a low point. Right. But everything, you know what I mean? Like I, I it was suicidal. It was it was bad. Right. So like, as soon as like I I had comedy and I had like that purpose, right? It gave me something to work towards. You know, it gave because yeah. like my whole my whole time I'm thinking like, get my doors and I think I'm a loser. Like I can't get a good job. Right. Fucking working Walmart and DoorDash for the rest of my life, or working, you know, bullshit nine to fives. And you know, what, her, mom's, what are you... You know her mom's a nurse and shit. So I was like, oh, you right. know, she has a respectable job. So it, okay. that, I just had that in my head. So I'm like, oh, now I have something I could, you know, be proud of, and my daughter be proud of. Like, oh yeah, my dad does this instead of oh yeah, yeah what does your dad do? <laughs> yeah, he works in. A, she's a male lunch lady. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your your plans, or what do you want for the future for Wood Comedy? Uh, I want to do, I want, I want the podcast. I want the podcast to grow. Um, and I want to be able to just survive off the podcast and comedy. And obviously I do want to do writing gigs. I want to, mm-hmm. and eventually when I got some time in and I have my first hour, I want to do like an hour special. Once I have that, then I might want to try to 
get into like maybe like a write a cartoon or write a show. Mm-hmm. We but do not need... like, but like a jail show. Yeah. Well, no, we <laughs> need gonna more. Be comedy. Latinos need more representation and we do need, I feel like we do need more Latino writers. We need more people behind the scenes. So put that, putting that thought in your head. I know there's a writer's strike as we speak. It looks like I'm not going to get my SAG insurance this year, but um, like I said, what what caught me out of stripping wasn't really OF. It was, you know, the fact that Hollywood opened the door for me. Which was yeah. crazy because like I applied everywhere for jobs. I tried doing other things and people will talk shit about like Hollywood or whatever or movies or TV shows. But they're the only ones that gave me, you know, you can have a SAG card and have a felony. You, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you don't people don't really think about that. Like, and My it was boy crazy. just told me that. Yeah. He was just like, yo, they love hiring felons. <laughs> they do. No, 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 no. So when I like. One thing when I was like in LA, I went down to central casting and I remember like, um, cause at first I was getting like stripper or sex, like I was on entourage, um, nice. you name it or whatever. But I was like, I was like, I don't want people to see me this way. I still don't want people to see me, you know, even though I'm an IG, I got an IG thought like whatever, mm-hmm. but, um, I pushed, you know, for the nursing, you know, played a nurse, like played whatever, but like, you know, like it, it's the only thing that has given me the opportunity other than sex work, you know, was Hollywood. So there's something to think of, like, you know, I know that right now as we speak, there's a writer's strike, hopefully it's done, but we need, we need Latino writers to write about, yeah. you know, like really what goes down in jail. Cause sometimes I'll be watching power and I'm like, what the hell? Like, yeah. Do people realize Dominicans run some jails and Puerto Ricans? Like, that's what I'm jails? saying. Like they, you, everything is black and white. Like they aren't, yeah. um, and my daughter's father, he always got, he's probably the only first Cuban that would get immigration hold because growing up in Florida, like Cubans, they didn't have no problems with immigration. And I meet this motherfucker and he's getting, he's getting like immigration holds. I'm like, what? How are you Cuban? Like the moment you get here before Obama, you don't have like issues. Like you yeah. get what I'm saying with citizenship. I know that like I'm half Cuban, but he had immigration holds and a lot of people don't realize like, and he would tell me in the, um, He's over in Nevada. He was like, the Cubans run stuff in Nevada. Like it was the mm. Mexicans versus the Cubans versus the blacks versus the whites. Like the, yeah. the Cubans the and the Mexicans. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then they got the, like, he was, I forgot what he told me. I think it was the El Salvadorians. They go on one side and, and I don't know who else is with the, you know, but they don't really, you know, that's why we need representation we need latino writers to write and you 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 know you're in comedy you've had these real life experiences you know what i'm saying and it and it needs to be yeah oh, needs- i've been looking my one of my one of my boys just put me on who was telling me all that he just put me on to this uh way to find gigs mm-hmm. so i signed up for that and i'm every time i get the email alerts i just read them every time and if it's, if it's something i can make it to I just apply for it because it's just like all you fill out all this information once and then you just hit, it's like quick. So you get the job, you hit, you hit like apply. It has all your information. And then uh, it, it gives you like the extra stuff. So it's like, all right, send us a video of yourself saying these lines or whatever. Oh, casting networks. Was he put you on game there? Uh, it was Mandy something. Oh, Mandy. okay. Man- Mandy. Yeah. Mandy.com is like, 
if I need to, it, that's a good site because like, if let's say I want to go just film, like a, make a video or something, I could find people mm-hmm. there yeah. um, for more acting gigs or whatever. There's casting networks, like for commercials, for print work or whatever. And you start off non-union until you get union. Like yeah. there's, there's different stuff like that, but there's some, that's a good thing. Like we do need, we need represent, and I see it changing. I see John Leguizamo doing a lot for us. Yeah, I see that. I'm happy, and he's he's uh, he's a big influence of mine. Like his his yeah. one man show, Freak, that he had. Uh, that's I believe Spike Lee did. Uh, was amazing. Like I saw that as a kid. Not in my mind, like oh, he's not a stand up. I'm like that to me. That was stand up comedy. But I do see the difference now that I've been doing it for a while. But to me, I that, it was comedy. You know what I mean? And I yeah. want to do something like that. Um, and if it, you know. Just putting it out there, have him, somebody like somebody like him be involved in it would just be amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah. But well, uh, we, I have to uh, I have to get ready. Did you want to? All right. Let me. Good. That's where I was coming at, too, because we've been talking for a while. Let all my <laughs> listeners know where they could find you, your social medias, your website, whatever. All right. So uh, follow me. It's Gio Perez 86, G-E-O-P-E-R-E-Z 86. Uh, uh, subscribe to the On the Gate podcast. It's uh, OT, you know, obviously On the Gate. Some people th- think we're saying like something else. Gate, G A T E. Uh, we tell like street stories, uh, and we just usually interview comics and stuff. We'll definitely have you on. Uh, we oh, record thank you. Digital. If you ever want to come in, it's in the lower oh, east yeah, side. Oh yeah, let me know. It, it's a great vibe. You know, we'll probably I'll probably see have uh, you and Aaliyah come on. Oh yes, that'll be you fun. I'd love to. On. Yeah, I'll set up a date. We record Thursdays at three o'clock, um, right in the Lower East Side. Um, but yeah, follow uh, On the Gate Podcast on Instagram and subscribe. We have a, a Patreon that we started. It's On the Gate uh, On the Gate Podcast. Uh, and yeah, follow, follow my co-host too, Derek Dresher. All right, if you guys, is that follow and my th- boy? Thank you, Gio, for coming on Get Schooled. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, I can't wait because you know, uh-huh. we, we be wilding on the podcast. Yeah. I, I actually, she did it.